Bethel World Outreach Church. Reaching a city to touch the world. So we're going to continue in our series, Loving Well. And definitely husbands and wives should love each other well. You know, when I first uh, was introduced to the idea of marriage, I thought, here it is. Blue skies, uh, sun, it rainbows occasionally, you know, metals, sugar and spice and everything. Nice. Naive. Naive. <laughs> yes. You know, it's this thing in life where we anticipate every good thing without the good work that goes to produce the good thing. And when we look in the book of Ephesians, in the first three chapters, he has expressed all of these good things you get, the sun, the, you know, the beauty of the gospel, the grace, and all that good stuff. And then chapter four has been telling us how we don't measure up, how we, we need to take off the old, put on the new, and all that. No, 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 a shift is happening. Chapter five shifts us to where... He starts giving us the prophetic picture. He said, I want you to be imitators of me, and I want you to walk in love. So he tells it. And then he starts telling us how. Here it is in verse 18 of Ephesians. They're not going to put that up on the screen. I just want to quote it to you. He says, don't be drunk with wine so you can drink. He said, don't get drunk. I don't personally drink, but if I'm going to drink, I just can't get drunk. Somebody said it wouldn't take nothing but two sips for you and you'd be out. But anyway, <laughs> anyway I just... don't need it, honey. I don't need it. Because I don't have time to tell that story, but I... Okay, I can't... No. Ooh, on our, remember that story on no. our anniversary when I took that sip and I thought I was drunk? And I... We was in yeah. London and they gave us... Somebody gave us a free thing and the people stood at the table. I'm not a drinker. They said, you, you need to... Come on, did you drink all in, in, peer, in peer pressure? Uh, so I just I took a sip of the champagne, and then when they walked in, I said, "Debbie, I said I'm hot." <laughs> he said, "I'm hot." I'm sweating. I got up, I went to the bathroom, I came back. I'm so, so glad I don't have to drive. I think I'm drunk. <laughs> it was first of all, that's a true story. I cried. I just I don't need to drink. He don't need I'm not supposed to drink. Yeah, no, mm-hmm. not for me. But anyway. Uh, it, he, so, so he starts giving a, don't be drunk with wine, but be being filled with the, the Spirit. Spirit. And then here's something interesting. There are some results of being filled with the Spirit. He said, you'll speak to yourselves in psalms, hymns, spiritual songs. You'll make melodies in your heart, and you'll be thankful. Being filled with the Spirit does something to you. Now, those are like the the two first things you see. But then when we pick up the narrative in verse 21, where we're going to start our message, verse 21 to 32, you see that being filled with the Spirit brings a level of community that you cannot get otherwise. It says, in, in, in fact, honey, read that verse 21 for me. It says, submit one to another out of reverence for Christ. There it is. That bad word. Submit. Submit. You know when we hear that, I know somebody wants to yell out amen, especially a woman. Because sometimes we hear that word submit, mm-hmm. and the first thing we think is weakness. Uh, we think um, something that's inferior or someone that's inferior. 
we think about being dominated. And there is something in our nature to resist submission. But then he said, when you're filled with the spirit and you're going to walk in love, one of the first things you can do is submit one to another. And then he's not talking about the context of marriage yet. Mm-hmm. He's just talking about what believers do with one another. And well, so what does submission mean? It means to come under the authority of another. It means to willingly yield control to another. It is a motivation. It is an attitude. It is a way we interact with each other. It is not saying, uh, hey, I don't think you should do that. Who do you think you are? Mm-hmm. To walk together, Paul said he knows there was nothing wrong with eating meat. He says, but in order to walk with you, I'll never eat meat. Some of you are laughing when I said drinking. There's nothing wrong drinking you thinking. But, to, but some people may think it's wrong. So, so around you, you might say, I would never do it. It's different things that we do mm-hmm. to surrender our will to be in community with someone else. Exactly. And, and he believes the only way that's possible with the Lord. So, so what are the types of people you submit to? Well, he says, submit to any brother or sister who comes into your life. In Christ, that means it doesn't matter their gender, it doesn't matter their age, it doesn't matter their socioeconomic status. One of the hallmarks of Christianity is submission. It sends a message to the world, it sends a message um, within the church, and it sends pleasure to God. Mm-hmm. Isn't that funny? And so and I, th- I thought when I was first introduced to, to this kind of submission, it was like my mom, Debbie, allowed me as a single person, but you single people, you know, when you're single, you can just do what you want to do. And I was young, single, my mom, she just said, I, can, I didn't have a curfew. I come in two, three in the morning, lame thing, and I met her brother, and he said some stuff to me like, you know, the Holy Ghost, Holy Ghost go home at 11. <laughs> said, 11. I stay out to 2, 3 in the morning, 11. I'm just getting started at midnight. You saying the Holy Ghost left? Bingo. Bingo. And he began to show me these virtues that single people should have to preserve their life. Right. And, and, and he showed me as a single man those virtues in his life. And then he introduced me to his daughter. His I mean, daughter? excuse me, his, his, his sister, sister. Who, who actually demonstrated those virtues. In fact, I looked at her in the way she was as a single person. And, and I'm about to toss this to you, Debbie, to tell about your single life. But I, I, when I first met you as a single, you, you, you blew my mind because I had only known her a week. And I, I, I hate to confess this in church, but I, I said I was going to be vulnerable. <laughs> I knew her for a week, and I, I liked her right away. But it's this thing sometimes, men, where you want to check somebody out. You want to see what the full package is. Jesus. I apologize. I know, honey. I had to tell the truth in church. Uh-huh. And we were going swimming, and we were going to swimming, you know, with her brother. <laughs> and so the pool was the pool was in a basement, so you had to walk downstairs in the pool. So I want to be the first to get in the pool so that I, when she walked down the steps, I'd see what I'm working with. I'm sorry. I apologize. I apologize. I, was, I did marry her, though. But I was but not his when you were you, doing you, you were not. And she came. This is a true story. She came down those stairs with a towel from her neck to her toes. I, I know. I mean, I didn't even. I, I did not know they made towels that long. 
Then, then she slid in the water I like Batgirl. That. Nah, that's extra. I didn't see. I didn't I, do all that. I didn't see nothing. Mm-hmm. That, would, that was the plan. She would, yeah. I, and, and, no and, sneak a peek. Yeah. No by the time she got out the pool, it, like Batwoman again, I, 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 I was, I, I was left, I, I was left, and I said these words out of my mind. I've never said them before in my life. I said, now that's a virtuous woman. <laughs> virtuous woman just. Just tell us about your single life. Well, first of all, growing up in my home, we, we went to church. We were a Christian family in this church every, almost every day of the week. But uh, I heard the word submit, and I heard the word obey all the time. And it was taught in church and expressed in my home. And, of course, we had no negotiations to whether we were going to obey our parents, not mine anyway. But uh, so... For me, it, it didn't mean much, and so it's not, it wasn't a buzzword or a negative buzzword like it is today. Uh, it was just something that was taught among all the other many things that were scriptural principles. Submission and obedience always went hand in hand, and it was to be given to pastors and elders and teachers and any leaders in authority. That was what we were supposed to do. We were taught to always respect and obey them with reverence for God and or their position. Um, And of course, being the youngest of my family, I was number 10 of 10 children. I mean, everybody told me what to do. So (laughs) (laughs) I I was used to, I'm like, do I have to obey him? You know, but um, so I was always, you know, in hearing that word and and, and that word was always a part of my life. And as I was growing up, uh, got a little older, a little bit more mature, young, young adult, but not too, too old. Uh, my career kind of went off. It, it started. And it started when I was around 12. And I traveled with my family in and out of the country. And then around 17, it kind of started as uh, my own artistry, you know, my sister and I. And so, but being obedient and being young and with your family and taught and in a home like that, uh, submission and obedience was, like I said, not a big deal. Uh, when my sister and I, Angie, came, had an opportunity come to the table for us to go on tour with a major uh, tour uh, as a act on it, but we were a Christian act, but the tour was the secular tour. That was something that had never been done. There was no pathway, no precedence before it. So it was a big deal. It was like, is this a gift or a trick, you know? Um, but being raised in it and having that kind of idea in our lives that we should have authority in our lives, we we wanted to get people to support it. So we decided, Angie and I decided that we would talk to our parents and our siblings and our um, pastors. But when we decide to have that meeting, we had to make a decision that if their opinion was for us not to do it or opposite to what we really wanted to do, we needed to be in a position and a disposition to yield. And that's when I learned what submission was. And between submission and obedience, in my experience, they're slightly different. Obedience has much more of a directive to obey. And uh, submission seems to have a little bit of option. Mm-hmm. So that taught us to practice a principle that God esteems very high and that will be a part of your life in all types of forms. Mm-hmm. It allowed us to practice it. And so for me, it actually... It was just scripture put into action. Proverbs 11, 14 says, where there is no counsel, the people fall. But in the multitude of counselors, there is safety. 
obedience is a covering. And when everybody's in agreement, life is safer. You know, and so being young, 17, we wanted that. We didn't want our own ideas. So that's why it's very important to train up a child in the principles of God. Then it won't be so weird or so different to apply them to your life. So that's, that's how and why. And then, of course, learning about the virtuous woman and she keeps herself in a, a holy woman, you know, is modest. And you know, my, my mom was a great, I mean... A, epitome of a virtuous woman. She taught me what it was to be cool. You know, that's why you liked what you saw. Because, because, you know, I didn't need to flaunt it. I understood that uh, God had anointed us and had given us an identity. And if we were dead to dare, uh, take that and accept that and live by it, it would be beautiful. And God calls us virtuous. And so that was what I, uh, you know, esteemed to be and, and set out to be. And I guess, you know, I did pretty good. You did. For you, anyway. Ah, you did. <laughs> Thank you so much. Yes. But what I noticed is, this is critical. If you're single in here, I really want you to hear this. You had a purposeful yes. ministry-focused holy life before marriage yeah. that was consistent with submission mm -hmm. within the body of believers, within the Christian faith. So being full of the Spirit was connecting you to the body. And I think oftentimes, if you're single and you are not married and you're in a room, you feel estranged. You feel disconnected. And instead of diving, coming closer, mm -hmm. sometimes you get further away. And instead of leaning into the body, we, we, we lean toward, you know, more earthly thinking. I just want to encourage you, what is attractive and attractional is for people, when, when you're single, when we're submitting one to another in the body of Christ and we're displaying the love of Christ, it is attractive because you are covered. You are not alone. You, again, I'm going to say you are not alone and you're yeah. significant. I actually told myself I would, if I had a moment with the singles, what would I do? I would, I, would, I would apologize to you. I would apologize. Because sometimes, nowadays, um, you don't get the attention that you should get or sometimes the resources. Man, I pray that we would do that better. But I want yeah. you to know you count and though we're going to be talking about next some of the tenets of marriage that display Christ, I want you to know that there's, there's a love, God has a love for the whole body and it includes you and you have purpose in yes. life even if you're not married. Yes, I want you to absolutely. Know that. Singlehood was some of the better days of my life. Better? I mean, man, Jeez. that didn't come out right. It did, it did. All. I'm not going to be offended up here while Thank we preach preaching baby. the message together. I didn't mean better. They were great. Mm-hmm. They were, yeah, well, they, let's, let's, let me let's just, just move on. Let me just read the scripture for you. That's not working. All right. I'm going to read right. the scripture, verse 22. I'm going to read this, and why don't you preach off of this? Deb. Wives, submit yourselves. Oh. Mm. That's why. I'm going I right into it, Carol. I'm Pastor Carol, I'm going into it. Wives, submit yourselves to your own husband. That would be me. Mm. Mm. As to the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife, as Christ is the head of the church his body, of which he's a savior. For the, for the husband is the, uh, yeah, the next verse, 24. 
Now, as the church submits to Christ, so also wives should submit to their own husbands in everything. Now, Debbie, that feels overwhelming. Um, it, it is. It can be. Uh, it can only, it, it becomes overwhelming if you have not did the first part, which is decided that Christ was Lord. Yes. Without that, it's never going to happen. With that, it's going to take a lot of prayer. But once you decide that and you, you realize that, you know what, no matter what, I want the will of the Lord in my life, then the practice of it or every time it comes around where you find yourself yielding or laying down your will, it will get easier because you understand you, I wasn't doing it. And this scripture is not asking me to do it just to you and for you, but do it as unto the Lord. That made the difference. Uh, marriage, again, for me, like I said, my, I, I, was, I was okay with it. I was taught that the man is the head and the woman submits. I mean, that was nothing foreign for me. And in fact, my brother Marvin did our marriage council. That was weird. That, <laughs> no, I'm sorry. Well, he was our pastor. He, he was. It, was, he was it wasn't weird, but it, you know, it was like, it, it, you know. I thought he was going to be a little lenient with me. Like, he wasn't. He wasn't. Mm -mm. He made it very clear. He was like, Debbie, do you understand that James is the head? Although you have had an amazing, fruitful, prosperous, single life, he would have the final say now. Final say? Yes, that's the word. I'm like, well, 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 okay. Uh, okay, I can do that. Now, of course, that was easier said than done. Yeah, because I came out of that session saying, baby, you don't have to do that because yeah, I don't rough. think you can. Yeah. Now, no, I, I turned to her. I said, I don't think you can do that. I said, I mean, you have to understand, I have been stuff. traveling since I was 12. I had been making it happen, and uh, he has the final say. But again, I, it was okay because I seen it demonstrated in my home. And I'm like, well, my mama made it. I think I could do this. Uh, but, you know, for me, the mental weirdness began the day of the wedding. When you say, I, after you say I do, they turn you around and say, now I pronounce you Mr. and Mrs. James Lowe. Took and immediately I went... Your name was gone. I was like, my name is James? <laughs> you know, I couldn't, see, I couldn't see nobody. I just went, my, I didn't know my name was going to be James. It, it starts quick, people. But uh, keep you so keep you some ministry and some uh, accountability. But the point is, is, and so I, I wasn't too worried about the big things. I knew big decisions, I would have to yield and all that. It was the little things that got me, the little things. Um, those things like to took me out. Uh, I remember six months into our marriage, I was on the road, because I still traveled, and, and I was coming home, so I said, James, I'm coming home on a Sunday, so I'll meet you at church. So he met me there, and during that time, we realized we, we were in need of a new car. Yes. And um, uh, so I said, okay, he said, look, I found one. It's, it's gonna work for us. It's really in, it's inexpensive, but it's gonna be great. It's gonna work great. I was like, okay, cool. So I get to church, and um, I'm in church, and the church dismisses, and my mother said, hey, 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 come here. And I said, hey, have you talked to James yet? Hmm. Okay, okay, now listen. I said, what? Just don't say nothing. And just go with it. Don't say nothing. Just go. What? Hear me. 
I said, okay, okay, mom. And so I'm going on, talking. You know how James is always the last one to leave. We were like the last ones to leave. So we go outside, and I'm like, James, okay, where's the car? He was like, you know, with the goofy smile, <laughs> like that. And I was like, where, where is that? Where is that? And he's standing in front of a hoopty. They don't know what a hoopty is, babe. Oh, it's just a beat-up big car. And I said, what do you mean? What are you, what are you talking about? And then in my mind, some said, your mom said, don't say nothing and just go with it. And I was, It was an 86 Buick LeSabre. It was beautiful. It had leather seats. Now, that's the only good feature it had, but it was a good feature. It didn't have it heat. Had a it didn't have air. Window. The window was broken, but I had duct tape on the window. And now, it didn't have internal pants, so it was all metal on the inside, yeah, and it leaned right. to one side, but it was only $800, and we had just gotten married. It was a steal. Listen, that was Do you a, know I drove to Nashville in that he car? He did. He, and, Hallelujah. <laughs> that helped us get here. Yeah, it did. And um, it, uh, it, it broke my heart every step of the way. <laughs> I, 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 was, um, I, I was floored, because you have to understand, I'm probably 20-something now because we're married, but at 15, I bought a car, cold cash. And, and you threatened I, to, by the way, you did no, threaten. No, I didn't threaten. You threatened, you threatened to buy another, a new, when you saw it, you said, I will go buy my own car. I bought a car before. <laughs> and I said, no, you will uh, not, you will not buy say, a car. I just like said, babe, we can do this. Yeah, you we did. Can it do was this. like that, but I, I heard on. it another way. Yeah, you way. heard, see? And, but he didn't, and I, but that might seem little, but that was my introduction to submission. Because I knew I could get it. Wait, but David, David, let me jump in. So, so this is funny, this wasn't in the notes, so this dude is gonna love this. So, what, so yeah, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So we used to go, oh, I don't have any time to tell the story, but I gotta tell you. So we, uh, we used to go to Born Again, before God brought Pastor us over Hall. here, Pastor, Pastor Horace Hockett, that we had driven down here in, the, in that car. And Debbie was embarrassed. I mean, she's a whining. She was a star. You know, she traveled the world. She could afford something better, but she was in this terrible car. And so we would get to church late. I did. I, I, and we would be the last one to leave because we didn't want nobody to see mm, our car. Y'all yeah. remember this. Y'all didn't want to see the car. So one day I picked Debbie up. And uh, we're driving, we're the last one leaving, and, and Pastor Hockey no, was coming out. No, I didn't want up. you to pick me yeah, up, because you, you I kept used saying, to walk don't go up that the way. hill. You, did. you said, don't go that way. And, and he, then, uh, so, this time so he we pulled up, and up. I said, she said, keep going. I said, I can't go past the pastor. I was I gotta on the floor. Stop. I was on so the floor. She, so she, so, so I stopped the pastor and say, hey, where's Debbie? I said, she down there in the, uh, in the floorboard. I was. Just, just, he said, Debbie, get up, get up. Get up, get up the he kept floor. saying, Debbie, and I wouldn't say nothing. He said, Debbie, your pastor's talking to you. I'm like, I said, come on. He Let's, said, Debbie, the Lord is not going to deliver you from this until car. You, until, until you, you uh, humble yourself. Humble yourself. Hey, go and on. I was like, okay, see you later. But uh, I was like, ah. Oh. And then ever since he said that, I felt bad that I ignored my pastor. And he was like, Debbie, you got to humble yourself. I'm like, Jesus. So I. I started sitting up in the car. You going did, to church. and you did a good job. And I and I'll say this. I'll say this in all seriousness. So it she, was rough. she she went through us. Yeah, okay. I just want to tell you, it's phases. Not right. You go through phases. You want to fight. And that's this all word. because my husband, he young and stuff. He trying to be deep, and I'm I'm planning for the future. I was like, listen, it's about today. <laughs> we don't know if the future belongs to us, but that <laughs> that that's where to. 
big, strong opinions, one has to decide to do their part. And my part, my instructions from Christ, was to submit. Your mama and saved your life that day. Yes, she did, because she kept calling. Hey, hey, hey. I said, don't say nothing. I was like, yes, yes. <laughs> and man. the attitude of submission. But, yeah. but I want to say that, that a, a powerful, virtuous woman who loves the Lord and full of the Spirit, who, who willingly yields control to another, does not motivate you to be less of the man God wants you to be, but more of the man God wants you to be. In fact, she received the word that we were supposed to move to Nashville long before I did, and she had to wait on me to catch up. And then when I caught up, I was all matter of fact, God wants to move to Nashville, we got to go. She had to sit there like, she didn't say, well, I told you that six months ago. She, she just got in the hoopty and hooped on down the road. Yeah. When, I, when I accepted the assignment to be the pastor of this church, and we were in a multi-million dollar deal for a career, it was attached to a movie, it was global, and, and, and we couldn't, there was no way we could do this and that. She laid it down. You don't know what it will cost you, right. but it's something in God's design that is a benefit to the people. And husbands, just in case you think that there's no weightiness or submission on your part, you may not understand the word because submission is not just what she does. We all do it toward one another and we submit to the will of God to do something as husbands. And I, honey, I want you to read the oh, husband's yes. responsibility and I'm going to come on right down your street, yes, man. Lord. I'm going to come right down your street. Mm-hmm. It says husbands. Ah, say it hard. Husbands. Hey! Love your wives, not any kind of way, but love them just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. You want me to keep reading? Whew, it's already tough, but yeah. It is tough. Um, to make her holy, cleansing her by the washing with the water through the word and to present her to himself as a radiant church without stain or wrinkle or any other blemish, but holy and blameless. In the same way, husbands ought to love their wives as their own bodies. Mm. He who loves his wife loves himself. After all, no one ever hated their own body, but they feed and care for their body just as Christ does the church, for we are members of his body. Amen? Amen, ladies. You see, there's a scripture that she was going to read in 1 Corinthians mm -hmm. 11, and I believe that scripture says uh, the third verse of that. Uh, it says, uh, for man did not come from woman, that one, yeah. or before? Yeah, that's right. For man did not come from woman, but woman from man. Nope, go ahead. No, a little ahead. Mm -hmm. Follow my example as I follow the example of Christ. I praise you for remembering me in everything and for holding to the traditions just as I pass them on. This is Paul talking. But I want you to realize that the head of every man is Christ. This is where you begin, men. And the head of the woman is man. If Christ is your head. It's, and, and, it, and in the right translation, it says the head of every wife is her husband. Mm -hmm. Read. And the head of Christ is God. See, there's an order to this. Mm -hmm. And... 
And remember, I'm redeeming the word submission because I don't want it to be a demeaning word or a weakness word. It's a cohesive word that brings glue, brings us together. You see, men, your level of submission to Christ is in service to your spouse. He's not actually asking you to being the husband in the head. He's okay, man, I'm going to mess your mind up a little bit. He's not asking her to obey you. Mm-hmm. I told you to cook my food. No. Yeah. He, he, he's not asking you to dominate her. Mm-mm. He's not asking you to control her. Mm-hmm. Man, you know, them baritone amens then got real low. <laughs> She'd be like, hey, man, man, I don't dominate my woman, no. He's not asking her to be your slave, to be your maid. Even if he gives her a disposition that is more home and family building orientated, does not mean that her leadership style is the dominator. In fact, he's asking a husband to take on his nature, which is service. If you think you're the greatest person in your home, you should serve. Men, too frequently we get married thinking about all of the relations we get to have. I know y'all ain't saying amen, but I'm a man. I know you. I know you. (laughs) We think about that eros love. When he says love, we thought about husbands have eros for your wife. That chemical-based erotic love. Do you know the chemicals in a woman's body change every five seconds? Mm-hmm. You don't want to base your love on something that's going to change that much. Mm-mm. No. I thought this was the night. No, it's not. I don't feel like it. I saw a sock in the floor yes. and I changed my mind. Yes, a rolled up sock. Yeah. How did, the night. how did the sock mess us up? I yes. thought I did the roses, I did everything. Yeah. The sock. A sock that ruined my night. <laughs> anyway. And that, that's why that scripture, you know. It's not your turn. Oh, I just want, I just want to say, for me, it, it's not an option. And it's not just to him. I'm doing this to the Lord. I want to be in the will of the Lord. I want to be pleasing to the Lord. Yes. I want to be according to his word. And that's why what you guys have to do is huge. Because love and loving us like Christ loved us is, like you said, not just about the feeling. Because love is patient. Yes. It's kind. Yes. Long suffering. Mm. It keeps no record of wrong. I got to work on that. Yeah, you got a little black yeah, book I, sometimes. I do. I do. I do. Mm-hmm. And it's not self seeking. All these things that, you know, may or may not show up in your husband, praise God. But we keep believing. Yes. And this love. That he's talking about, yeah, you can have the phileo, you want the friendship, but he's talking about the selfless love. Yes. The agape love. Yes. Jesus. That unconditional love. That love that didn't, okay, let's put it in Christ's terms. The Bible says, while we were yet sinners, Christ died. For the, that means you weren't attractive at the time. You didn't mm. smell nice, look right, have everything in, the, in order. You didn't look like something worth saving. Yeah. Husbands, our love toward our spouse is not predicated upon who they are or what they do. It's a part the gift of selfless love we want to bestow on them. Love yeah. is an action. You bestow love. 
You don't, she don't have to qualify for your love. Well, you, you know what? Mm-hmm. You, you, you need to start, you know, you want some appreciation from me? You know, I got to get fed sometime. Love me sometime. Take care of my needs. And then, you know, maybe you'll start getting some of the stuff you want. Nah, it's not Christ loving the church. Christ starts out saying, I'm sowing it all mm. with no need for anything in return. But I know the principle. If I sow, I will reap. Mm-hmm. See, that type of love, who shall separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus? Yes. The height, no death, no things present, no things to come, no principality, no power, no anything. Nothing can separate you from authentic love. And I'll say that, Holy Ghost. And I know in this room, because our divorce care people are here, and they tell me that the number one month and the number one week to file for divorce is January 1. So in this room is the contemplation and the steps toward separation and divorce. Now, God gives us permission to, there's reasons for divorce, but he, did he, did he says that are for hardness of heart. But when we're looking at the text and the rationale from its inception, it's nothing. Mm-hmm. This love doesn't bring separation. And God's not going to separate from us. And so why are we separating from one another? And I want you to know, when you are filled with the Spirit, you can imitate God and you can walk in His love and you can submit one to another. And men, what is hard becomes easy because He's your Lord. It is not her perfection that that I'm in love with. I took the love that I had to give and I bestowed it upon her. And by the way, single men, maybe you're single because you just refuse to take the risk and give the love. Mm. Give it and see what it returns to you. Then he says, uh, I I just wish I had time, but I'm going to take time. That's what I'm going to do. He says, he gave gave himself up. What are you willing to lay down for her good? I mean, when when I left Detroit, I left my life. I was on top of the world. I was driving a hoopty by choice. I was on top of the world. In my dream job, working with my dream boss, who's her brother. <laughs> and to make a long story short, I had to lay that down. You know, uh, what, are, what is your wife's life worth to you? Now, if you know in here, Dave's in here, he's helped me swim. Dave, raise your hand so they know that I can swim now because they, they took me to swim. <laughs> but there was a time in my life I couldn't swim. We had a pool in the back of our building, our house, in a uh, condo. It had a deep end. Me and Debbie was just playing in the shallow, but we got too close to the deep end. She fell over into the deep. Now, she can't swim at all. She still can't swim. Dave, help her. I'm sorry, I put your business out there, didn't yes, I? She will sink to the, to the bottom. <laughs> so, I, she done fell in the pool. With me. She's on the other side of the rope, and I see her. And I cannot swim. Mm-hmm. And I'm coming over that yeah. rope. I, mm-hmm. and, and I said to this myself, I might die, but she going to live. <laughs> I did. I said this. For, I remember it. I, I, last night when I was telling myself this story, I got all emotional. I said, she's going to live. What was you thinking when I was coming? Lord, no. Send, send somebody else. 
because I knew he couldn't swim. And James is just, I love him I for, for it, it because he's going to go for it. But I'm like, that's not wise. I went in. We both can't swim. So I'm like, tell him. To I went in and I just start, you know what? Throwing me. And God, yeah. I just went down to the bottom and started throwing her out the water. He was going for boots. I just sucked in so like, much water. My lungs are still burst. I am dying. And they finally, they pull, they pull her in and I kind of grabbed her foot and they're rebuking me. Like I was, why is he messing? Why is he trying to drown her? I was saving her life. <laughs> he did. He came in after me. Almost died. I, and I broke down on the side of the pool crying. I almost died. <laughs> I did. And then he says, he cleanses her. Mm-hmm. He, can you imagine he uses the word of God to cleanse her. The word is the primary source in our house. The word solves all arguments and disagreements. The word is chief. The word is a lamp unto our feet, the guide unto our path. It is the guardrails of our life. And yet, and yet I can go all the way back to the garden and I can see the sin of man. Man who was given the word, his wife standing there about to take of the fruit. We always want God to step in and knock it out of our hand. But he has set a guardian and a protector and a head there to intervene. Instead, he watches her. Let's find out what happened to her. He said he's going to die. Let's see what happened to her first. And instead of keeping her from sin, he engages in sin with her. What are you keeping your spouse from? When you don't keep the word of God prominent in your life yeah. and prominent in your house, and you don't keep a filter of purity on all the things you do, your house is in trouble, your wife is in trouble, your kids are in trouble, the world around you is in trouble because we can't only lead women or we can only lead our wives when we are submitted to Christ because Christ has an attitude of sacrifice that we've got to have. He nourishes and cares for his body for time. Debbie, just read these last three, ver uh, three verses, verse 31, for time here. For this reason, a man will leave his father and mother and be united to his wife, and the two will become one flesh. This is a profound mystery, but I am talking about Christ and the church. However, each one of you also must love his wife as he loves himself, and the wife must see that she respects her husband. You know, I stand up in every wedding as they were quoting Genesis. And he says, for this cause shall a man leave his father and mother, cleave his wife, and they shall no longer be two but one. He introduces sexual intimacy, the physicality of it. He introduces it between one man and one woman. He introduces it as a covenant. He introduces it as something holy and private. He introduces it as not just a physical connection. This word of oneness is a, a solical connection. It's a spiritual connection. He takes the two and they become one. They become a, a number one is indivisible. It's not a number that's dividable. He, to, to, you, to, to leave shouldn't be seen to some illogical uh, degree as if no longer do your parents or the other people in the body of Christ have, a uh, have something to say in your life. It's just that the significant order has shifted. That's it. And he says, I'm showing you a mystery. The mystery means 
the Old Testament people didn't know it. Adam and Eve didn't know that he's going to display his love for humanity through the church. He's going to display his gospel message through the church. And the more we submit one to another, mm-hmm. the, 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 the relationship between the husband and the wife and this mutual submission to him to do their roles, it speaks about him and his love. How he'll never leave you. He'll never forsake you. He'll never change. He'll nourish you. He'll care for you. He'll, he'll provide for you. But you know what God doesn't do to us? This is why we know that he never dominates us. Hmm. And he can. He never, he never lords over us. He stands over us with the finger. He's just kind of, he motivates us. He inspires us with his grace. You don't have to have it all together. But guess what? You have to embrace to walk in love. You have to be filled with his spirit. And in the outflow that you know, you're going to start speaking to yourself different, talking different. You'll be submissive to one another. You know, other men, like, and women, like Pastor Carol, Pastor Daryl and Stephanie, they, they just, they can just speak into my life and tell me what to do. They can come into my house and tell me what I'm going to do. Because that's what submission works. Pastor David, but I'm covered. Yeah. There are people, if I said something inappropriate up here, they can come up here and say, hey, Pastor, don't say that. Why are you afraid of that level of submission? I'm not. It's the reason I can stand here and she can stand here. God's trying to get us to love each other well. Stand to your feet. If you've watched this message and you want to make Jesus Lord of your life, I've got good news. You can do it right now. I want you to pray with me. Say, Lord Jesus, come into my life for the rest of my life. I acknowledge I'm a sinner. I need you my Savior. I believe you died for me. I believe you were raised from the dead on the third day. And I confess that you are now Lord of my life. If you've just prayed that prayer, I have good news for you. You have eternal life. The next step for you is to get in a Bible-believing church. We volunteer to be that church. But if not us, we pray God's blessings on you as you search for God's best for you. Thank you.